Hello, Winternet. I'm Ewan Spence. I'm Ellie Chalkley. I'm Ross Middleton, and this is Jukebox Jury. Five more songs face us from Finland, Armenia, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Germany. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome once more to ESE Insights Jukebox Jury where myself, you and Spence and two specially invited guests go through some of the songs that are heading to Turin and the Eurovision Song Contest 2022. Lots of opinions, lots of discussions and remember, that's what they are, opinions and discussions. We are not definitive, this is not the final word in any way, nice description nice constructive discussion in our comments as well back at the website www.escinsight.com let's get on shall we joining me now first of all over from glasgow ellie chocley hello it's been an exciting year for the little eurovision shop that could absolutely um i mean as well as slinging you know the most informationally dense tea towel known to man um this year i have been uh having fun with heat transfer and uh, making lots of uh graphic design is my passion type uh items it's a very traditional fandom thing making up yeah that's enjoying all the memes and all the information and everything going into merchandise yeah uh, yeah, in fact, one of the things I've been thinking about is how Eurovision differs from other fandoms and that we don't have, like, a central convention where I could have my little merch table and, uh, you know, sell, sell tea towels face-to-face. In fact, somebody, somebody do a convention. Do it. Yeah, and a little mer- all the little merch tables and all the badges and everything that we could all make up from all the websites and all the community sites and groups and everything, that would be fabulous we'd Ah. have such fun in some sort of regional convention center i mean it would be a little bit like the contest it would yeah we could have it in harrogate absolutely oh eurovision convention harrogate ech let's go for that ross are you coming to harrogate with us where is harrogate you and i'm still not entirely sure hey Hey. (laughs) there you go donda esta el merch table Okay, we're not going to go as far back as 1982 without explaining that's the opening of a very, very old Eurovision Song Contest. Yes, when, in fact, it was held in the regional conference centre in Harrogate, because you could do such things then. I remember, right, the BBC did that because they had an extra week of the booking after Opportunity Knock, so they just went, oh, we can just save on the budget. I think the equivalent nowadays would just be bunging it straight into Salford probably yeah but that's a discussion for another episode of jukebox jury last week's and uh whatever might happen after may the 14th also joining us for this round of jukebox jury ross middleton i know here we go again another year has come round there's more songs and oh what an eclectic year we have it's um yeah that was quite the national final season that was uh but now it's all about looking ahead to all that will come in Turin. If you could swap out anything from the national final season into the main ones, what would you be going for? Oh, my God. Um, oh, Lordy Lord. Right, hang on. Whoa. Hold on. That's massive. That is too big a question. <laughs> um, crumbs. Oh, Synth Harp, France. Oh, you'd sacrifice Breton. <laughs> 
Yeah, I absolutely would for hashtag Team Synthop. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I was going into that national final absolutely on board with Soa, but um, Paulie and Sean, oh my lord, that was a performance and a half. So yeah, uh, yeah, French eighties synth harp. Yeah, at Eurovision, yes, please. And I was delighted when it almost made it, but um, not quite delighted enough. Now I remember why you weren't getting France in your episode of Jukebox Jury. <laughs> yeah, best not. Right then, okay, coming up, we are going to finish with Germany. Before that, the Netherlands, then Ireland, Armenia in second place. And given their opening semi-final too, why don't we have them opening up this round of Jukebox Jury as well? It's Finland's The Rasmus singing Jezebel. Finland's the Rasmus there with Jezebel. And look, for, for the Rasmus are such an old band. I think they started back in 1994. Yet they still go out and do support gigs for some of the bigger, younger bands as well. So there is a, an interesting generational straddle here. A good example of this for me is when the Rasmus supported against the current, would be a couple of years back. Uh, and the family spends all travels along because the young ones are oh, against the current are playing live at the Glasgow Hydro, which many will recognise uh, from the Netflix Eurovision Legend of Fire Saga as Edinburgh's host venue for Eurovision. Um, anyway, they're excited all about that. My, my wife and I, we're incredibly excited because the support act is the Rasmus. But I'm reminded of Darude. So many people went, oh, Darude, I know the name, I know Sandstorm. And it's didn't serve him at all in the contest. The song that you've got now has to stand alone from the name of the band. So the question for me and Jezebel is, is he any good? And I'm not really sure. So my approach to Jukebox Jury this year is to uh, be sort of as creatively wrong as possible. But that approach is going to fall down with the, uh, with the Rasmus because I've, I know too much. Right. How have the Rasmus been going for like 25 years? They live in three different continents. Your man, the singer, lives in Hawaii, off the back of In the Shadows. That's, that's how much one, one single got you back in the days when people bought records. Um, and the, I believe the drummer lives in Australia and everybody else is in Finland. And they just poached uh, the, the new guitarist. They poached her from another successful band. So, like, I don't even know how it makes sense. Like, how do they, how do they practice? They're not gobbing down the unit and, you know, knocking out some power chords of a Thursday night. Like, this is very much a business arrangement. And that, I think, is what's right and what's wrong with Jezebel. Through their business-like approach to rock, uh, they have gone straight to Desmond Bloody Child, <laughs> who has an incredible track record of doing big 
ballsy 80s slightly naff rock singles but a terrible record at Eurovision and I don't know the main problem with Jezebel is you can't go oh oh to any part of it (laughs) do you know what Desmond's Child last um, song at Eurovision was I do Ross but tell us it's Believe in Me by Bonnie Tyler (laughs) From her album, Rocks and Honey. <laughs> Rocks and Honey, innit? Oh, oh, yeah, that's just, what, eight years old now? Eight years. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's, re- that's now a stale reference. We have to stop doing it. Indeed, yes. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware of who Bonnie Tyler is, she once did a song with the guy who did all the good songs with Meatloaf and appeared at Eurovision and used most of the time to promote her album. Which, which like the Rasmus... Excellent business sense. Excellent, yeah. Lots of airplay in the UK, lots of media appearances again. And to be fair, that album was a really good album. It's just that every other track would have been better. I've been sidetracked, so back to Ross about the Rasmus. Right, okay. Jezebel, we'll deal with that. I kind of think of it in two minds. I have it in UMK, and it's weak as all heck because it doesn't compare to Cyan Kicks, who is the easily the one you would go straight to, but also you had Young Hearted, you had Bess, you had a really strong young lineup, and you picked the band that is about 20 years old and sounds came with a song that sounds 20 years old. And I was most disappointed. But if we take the result out of the equation, just very briefly, Ross, UMK has just been on a really good upwards climb of quality over the last two or three years. It has. It's it's sort of become a bit like the Estilau these days, where that's kind of gone down a little bit in quality. UMK has just blossomed. I think since they stopped doing the single act, multiple songs, we had Sara Alta, we had Daruda. Since then, the quality of act and the quality of entries has been of a marked uplift. You know, if you, it's mad that I'm disappointed with Erasmus, whereas if you put that in UMK, say, 2015, 16, I would be delighted and I think it should have walked it. But now it's odd that I'm disappointed because it's such a high quality competition. But then when you take it into the Eurovision context and you've got it up against the other songs that we've got picked, the quality shines through. And it being the sort of music I like, I found myself kind of falling in love with it because it just appeals to the 2003 kid in me. Like it's still there. He hasn't gone away. He's still there deep down. And I cannot get my jeans back out from 2002. I cannot get those T-shirts back from the charity shop. But I can put this record on. And and you're there. And you're you're back there. And it just, it works in a really horrid, cynical way. Good business sense. Good business sense. Business before pleasure. Definitely in this sense. I just... The music is what does it for me. The lyrics are (laughs) next level weird. Like, high kicks, a predator on wheels. What does that mean? But yeah, if it was Achille Lauro, um, I would just give it a pass. (laughs) For me, the, the, the thing that phrase that comes to mind is theme park rock. This is this is not the Rasmus of In the Shadows. This is the theme park representation of In the Shadows. It's got a completely safe roller coaster that looks exciting. You remember going to the park when you were young and it was huge and wonderful and amazing and you come back to it again, you're going, yeah, it's just not quite as 
exciting and cutting edge as it once was. All the trappings are there. Here's the thing. We had business arrangement at the start of this bit of discussion on Drupal Stream. Really, we should have just called hit, miss, and maybe there because that defines pretty much everything. And I mean, it's a quite cold and cynical hit. It's going to the final and it's going to do tolerably well. It's the music business. It's allowed to be cynical. Yes. We do have to forget there are business arrangements. So we're getting a hit from you on that one, Ellie. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough then. Okay. Uh, what are we getting from Mr. Middleton for the Rosmus? Oh, the Rosmus. No, no, <laughs> I don't like that. that you've, got one... to you've got to change your Twitter name to that now. Oh, God. I'll use that in my personal account. That's what we'll do. Um, I wanted to give it a maybe. I so wanted to give it a maybe, but it's not. It's a hit. You know, I think it's a maybe from me as well. It's just a little bit too cold. It's a little bit clinical. I don't think it's going to get as good a result as Blind Channel managed last year because Blind Channel had a little bit of extra enthusiasm in the band and a sort of, oh, it's a big, huge opportunity for us. And for the Rasmus, it's a big opportunity for us, but it's, you know, it's dulled by the many, many years they've had in the business. So, well, but not brilliant. So maybe from me. So, Finland open up this week's round of Jukebox Jury. Two hits and a maybe for the Rasmus. That is most definitely be catchable by any of the four songs that are about to follow. First up is going to be Rosa Lynn. The song is Snap from Armenia. Since June 22nd, my heart's been on fire. I've been spending my nights in the rain trying to put it out. So I'm snapping one, two. Rosalind there singing Snap for Armenia. Ross. Now, when we found out it was going to be Rosalind and it was going to be Armenia sending a female soloist, my mind immediately went to it's going to be big, it's going to be showy, it's going to be brash, massive pop song. And Snap is none of those things. It's a delicate kind of slightly country-esque vibe. And it's completely not what I was expecting Armenia to send. It actually makes sense because one of the songwriters is Tamar from Genealogy. And in that whole globe, she represented the North American part. So it, it all kind of makes sense when it's put together. And I find myself loving it. And isn't that a wonderful thing, Ross? I know there are some countries that have sort of built up this. This is what we always tend. We will come to the Netherlands shortly. But... Armenia just have this delightful chameleonic flavour to their music. They do. And as you say, that is fantastic. That's what you need every year at the contest. When in recent times, you would know what to expect from a Netherlands, a Cyprus, a Sweden. Armenia will never backtrack. They'll never go back on old ground. They'll always try something new. They'll always put something out there. And that's kind of why I feel this makes sense for Eurovision. When I first heard it, put it on to go to the shops and left it on Spotify on repeat. And by the time I came back from the shops, it was still the same song playing again. And I hadn't really noticed because I was just enjoying this one song over and over again. I don't know how well that stands in terms of a competitive 
song at the contest. So it, it's a song I really like, but is it a song that's going to do well? I genuinely have no idea on this one. It is a completely bizarre choice uh, for Eurovision from the delegation that brought us Kami Kami in junior. Um, uh, but it's a fantastic choice and it's sort of currently heading up the 2022 section on my Eurovision coffee shop playlist, which is like imagining if Eurovision was a major coffee chain selling chilled out acoustic CDs. And it's Snap works really well in that. It does really well. I've got it down as competitive chill as a genre because there's just a little bit more bite on this one. Part of me thinks it's the heavy bass line and I just, once I get a heavy bass line and I can really feel that going through, it really helps. But that swing that it has, it's almost like it's swinging um, when you're in a doorway and you're just swinging shoulder to shoulder against the doorframe. That might just be me, but there's a certain sort of snap. There's a sort of deliberateness to the sway that goes through. And Ross, I'm with you as well. I absolutely love this. Um, it is acoustic. I'm not quite sure how it's going to land in the hall. It's coming up in the final slot in semi-final one. So is it there as a sort of aperitif? Is it there because it's got a ridiculously sized prop? It's got a house that's going to fly. Come on. Well, it follows two guys dressed as yellow wolves and a golden alien and a wolf and a banana. That's what it's coming after. So. Yeah, so Subwoofer have got a box. So I think that in order for her to be able to follow Subwoofer and their box, I think, I think she's got a house and it's going to fly. In which case, you're going to combine that with this relatively memorable song that could easily get lost. But if you've got that strong visual, then... You've got the complete package. You've got the vision of the Eurovision Song Contest. You might not quite have the song that will stick on its own a radio play on one listen. But if this gets into a cycle and you hear it many times, I I think this is going to, there's a strong result hiding in here. Well, actually, for uh, compared with all of the other sort of gentle acoustic songs in semi-final one, and I think like qualification is the goal here. We're not talking about a song that's going for the win um on a first listen snap might have something going for it in that it's got counting and that as you're counting through the chorus and you know that you know after the one two line there's going to be a three four line makes you feel like you're like comfortable with what's coming up so does that mean in terms of the continuation of the contest this is the successor to hurricane <laughs> One, One, two, two girls. girls, come, come on. on, Armenia. Well, that's why that's why everybody loved Hurricane so much. Obviously, that's obviously one. So there yeah. we are, <laughs> leaning into the counting. Um, so we might finally get an entry from Sesame Street coming up in the week after with the the song for six. Um, oh no. Um, what's the one with the what's the play with the um the six wives? of six wives of henry it's of just henry called VIII. six it's just, it's just called, called six, six. they yeah. have to sing next year then if we've had one two then one two three four we have to get to six next year i mean that 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 uh lines up with our theory that the uk should only ever send west end folks yep uh, and there's six of them so we've no problem with stage limits either I think we've just solved the UK at Eurovision in this most <laughs> unlikely arena indeed yeah we just need to buy them tickets up to cardiff hang on tickets up to Tickets up to Cardiff. If you live in Edinburgh, are you going right the way around? I mean, for six. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're getting distracted away from anyway, Armenia. Armenia. Yeah. Sorry, oh. Rosa. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Armenia. It's 
it is the acoustic. It's got to land in the hall, but I think that when you have the prop and the visual spectacle that will drag it through after Norway, I think it will get that. The bit where it's just completely silent and counting, obviously you've got to make sure you don't overcook that in a live performance and, and land getting the vocals back in again. But yeah, our Armenia here, strong entry, but we're hosting Junior Eurovision, so we'd rather not win, I suspect. It's a maybe. It's a maybe. Because yeah. may maybe they will forget that bringing the prop from the video is a great idea. I mean, that's going to be a lot of dry ice to fill the entire arena so they can fly the house over it. Shh. And Nina Sablati thought she had it bad. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say hit. I really like it. And I don't. So if we're going to go hit, Mr. Maybe what you like, I love it. Hit for Armenia. There we are. Hit for Armenia. They're not quite catching Finland, but not that far behind that either. Rosalind there singing Snap. Okay, uh, song number three in the run-through in this week's Jukebox Jury is from Ireland, who've returned to a national final system after many a year. It's back to the studio for the Late Late Show, and getting through that little trial by fire is Brooke, and that's Rich. Ireland's Brooke there singing That's Rich. Ellie. Ah, I mean, it's not bad, is it? It's not bad. And Brooke herself is a delightful little chaos merchant. She's so fun and she's so lovely and just extremely genuine. And you and I know how much you like your night cause. Uh, unfortunately, the night core of That's Rich is much better um it, than the original the night core sounds like sort of uh going back to 2002 2003 again it sounds like electro clash and it absolutely slaps ah oh, not another song where they've just chosen ah oh, i just find that so annoying when you have a song that's almost there but not quite and it just needs a tweak somewhere in post-production um it just needed to go harder that's all yeah, there's so much though about that rich for me i think it just needs to go a, a little bit more there's not a huge range in terms of the the musical scape when you listen to it in the studio version it all just feels like you're you're like you're in a car with five gears and you're quite happy to sit in fourth gear all the way through it just and when you're on the motorway that's just going to annoy people yeah yeah it's just this is one of those, you know, oh, it's, it's it's not bad, it's okay, and that's just the worst thing you can say about the song at the song contest. No, 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 no. No, it's good. It's really very, very good. I know, obviously, it didn't have much to compare itself to in its national final. Less it about that, the better. But this is a great song. I, The intro to it is rockier than most of the rock entries we've got this year. She's done a better <laughs> job than that than some of the other countries who I'll not name here. I think just as the song does kind of get a bit samey samey, it has a spoken word section and she sells it so incredibly well live. She's, as Ellie says, such a 
mad little ball of energy. It's fantastic. The thing that needs to change here is the presentation. This needs attitude and this needs a kick up the backside to it. She doesn't need to be in Primark pajamas. Um, she's got she's got a bodysuit with some stuff stuck to it now. Oh, oh God! Neither of you do watch Drag Race. No, sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to help both Royce and I out on that one. A bodysuit with stuff stuck to it is um, sort of a byword for lazy glam. Like you, you tried, but only just. Ireland at the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> you tried, but only just. Oh, Brooke deserves better. She's she lovely. does. She's great. The song's great. But we know what RT will do. They cannot be trusted with staging a song. They lucked into it with Ryan. But other than that, for the last 10 years, nada. And it'll be the same here. We're just going to get the same level of energy. It'll be the same barely there dance routine. It'll be, it'll be just enough. And it, it'll be a shame because it will take a song that I think is a close enough qualifier and an act will take it out of that. And I'm... I will be immensely angry if that's what happens come May. I want Brooke to have the full Eurovision experience and qualify for the grand final because it would just it would make her year. The reaction shot in the arena if she were to qualify, that would be one of the moments of Eurovision 2022. That I would, would be wa- it. I would want her to be uh, doing an Instagram live or a TikTok live while the results are happening just so that she could uh, break her own phone's microphone screaming. <laughs> Can you do that? Is that allowed? Oh. I don't think they can stop you. It's your phone. Yeah, but like, I hate to bring it back to F1 as we usually do, but during the Bernie Eccleston era there, they took like, there was nothing on social media. I reckon they could do the same thing. Well, they don't because everybody is uh, well, p- taking photos from the green room. I, be- I believe one memorable Instagram live from the green room was Hattery during the televote. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun stuff. So no, I think I think you can get away with doing the streams and everything, and I'm pretty sure it'll be encouraged because it's engagement, it's where you want to be, and the delegation will want that. Brew will want that because this is the big moment. The more fans you can get at this point, the better for the career going forward for the rest the rest of the years. Um, you know what? I think the result here is actually going to be a slight miss. It reminds me a little bit of Fire Flam. It's got that electro sound on the pop it's going to be loved by a lot of the fan community but i think it is just going to fall short at the semi-final stage i really want to give it a hit but i can't because i know what's coming it's going to be a maybe because knowing what ireland will do just draws it back so brooke hit song hit overall package maybe yeah, it's a maybe, uh, but Brooke is welcome back anytime she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a case where we have a singer that, with a better song, could deliver a much better result for Ireland. I think it's going to be. I'm. Is there a call to action in here? Uh, I'm not sure. I the the spoken word bit's quite good, but I think that's about it. What my advice is to for Brooke is to learn. 10 to 12 Eurovision bops and um, cabaret. So, so that the Chesney Hawks route to going on cabaret, you do your song, then do the covers that everybody loves and then do your song again at the end. Yes. Yeah. That sounds, that, that sounds rich. That sounds good, great. Good, good business sense. Yep. Yep. Back to business. Uh, but competitively, 
it, it shades into the missed category for me on that one there for Brooke from Ireland. Right then, as always, your comments are welcome back at the website, www.escinsight.com, and you can support us through Patreon as well, patreon.com slash escinsight. It's the promotional time as well, so Ross. Oh, great. Hi. Um, Pethbath Log um, at ESAPethbath on Twitter, on TikTok, um, and online, and uh, there'll be some stuff coming out before the contest. And if you go on the website just now, there's a recap of the national final, which was every single thing that happened over the two and a half month period. Um, that's I spent an entire day trying to write. So if you want to go and have a little chuckle at that, it'd be very much appreciated. It's really good, especially if you can't really form medium term memories anymore. <laughs> and you want to account for your whereabouts in January and February. Um, yes. And Ellie, the merch store that isn't yet in the Harrogate Convention Centre, will be at... Yeah, so um, I have an Etsy shop at totallyflagulous.com. Just search for Eurovision Tea Towel on Google. That'll get you there. Um, and it's much more than tea towels. There's now every Eurovision result ever, the pocket version, uh, various patches, bits and bobs, fun stuff. What would I do at a Eurovision convention? I don't make anything. You could be on a panel. You oh, could great. be you could be giving us a tight five minutes on the televote era. Oh Fabi, yeah, I'll do that. You could judge the cosplay, Ross. Yeah. Oh, yeah a those, man who knows nothing about clothes. You can do the cosplay parade and uh then karaoke lounge. Oh no, I shouldn't sing. But you should. Oh, I would. But I you will. Yeah, and I will. And, but I, I shouldn't. But I will, and I would. So, can somebody just book the Harrogate Convention Centre, please? While we're doing that uh, and finding out just how much of a budget we will need for it, uh, let's have a listen to the Netherlands. Did yet by S Ten. <laughs> That was S10 met De Diepte. Ah, there we go. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, oh, actually, quick question. Are we going to get the curse of last year's host in this song? The idea that after you've hosted, you kind of like take your foot off the pedal and don't do anything. Uh, no. Good. <laughs> oh, this is this is the Netherlands um, flexing a cultural muscle and sending us some lovely sonorous Dutch language and uh, also sending one of their like legit bright young hopes i mean part of it might be just like they don't feel they have anything to prove now they can actually just be almost like portugal and just go what's really good in the netherlands let's send that i mean i always want if we're going to have some dutch language fun at eurovision i would always want them to send meryl who is um i would say scurrilous electro pop but given that the Netherlands has established a certain sort of grown-up Americana sort of lush strings brand at Eurovision. It's never going to be Meryl. It's mad now that the song opens with a string section, like that Americana vibe, and you go, ah, the Netherlands! 
Huh. That's just how we've become accustomed to. But Ross, the fact that we do now associate the Netherlands with a specific type of sound, and when it comes around, we're like, oh, it's the Netherlands. It, it gives that sort of level of comfort that makes it easier to understand the song. It's certainly in the community side of you. And from a competitive point of view, knowing where they're going to be playing, I think is actually a really strong advantage in the run-up to the contest. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you look at kind of the correlation of the Netherlands having gone from perennial non-qualifier to always in the final, and this kind of adoption of the Americana sound, the two will match. As they have adapted this sound, the Netherlands have become now a country you think, yeah, they're going to be in the final every year. Which, if you go back to twenty, you know, the early 2010s, you most certainly would not, because they were took. And now we have a, a Eurovision powerhouse. They've won in that time. They've had top tens. They've had top twos. It's it's really good to see a country go, yep, yeah, we know what we can do. Cyprus have done it. Cyprus have gone from middling, and they've gone, this is our sound, and they always do well. It's nice seeing what these countries are doing. If the toppers could see me now. <laughs> but that's also another advantage to having this sound. It means that the artist knows what's expected and can trust the broadcaster of, I can do this sort of song, they handle this well, they know how to stage it. I'm in safe hands. And, you know, with, with S10, an upcoming artist, that confidence must really have helped. Yeah, I, it's... It's really good to see how they're kind of adapting these new artists. I mean, no one heard of Duncan. Duncan was an unknown name. I think he'd been on The Voice, but other than that, that was basically it. And he then had a global success. So it's not only are they doing it in terms of winning Eurovision, they're doing it and getting music out there with the help of TikTok to an international audience beyond Europe. I think one of the lessons from Monoskin's victory is that if you are a delegation that feels confident, you should send an artist who is ready to launch, like, if not globally, but ready to launch internationally. Somebody who's got a bit of work behind them, somebody who it's not necessarily their first single, somebody whose work is mature and ready to go. And, I mean, that's S10 all over. I um, I work with a Dutch colleague, um, and... When this came out, she was immensely proud of it. it. It's amazing that in a hospital, I found someone who knows what San Remo is and understands all the references, and we just spent hours chatting about Eurovision. It's the best. Get yourself a Eurovision work colleague. But she's very proud of this, as she should be. Um, it's great to hear another language at the song contest, first time in about a decade or so. But it's still got enough of the the, da, 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 the, the hook with the da-da-da's. That still works for a speaker of any language. The, it's clever enough that it's put that in there. Good business sense. This is qualifying easily. This is straight through. It's. I'm not going to say a contender. It's another <sighs> solid result for the Netherlands. It is because I don't. I don't fully feel the emotion personally, but 100 like get the quality, understand it's a great song. She's a great singer. If they stage it well, this could be kind of on the fringe of a top ten. Yeah, I mean, I really like the the full sound that it has. It starts off with those strings and it carries on there. Um, and it is quite haunting, um, but in a sort of comfy blanket haunting sort of way. And, you know, the da-da-da's in there. It's just, 
it's not quite a swaying song. It's more like a rasp going over, but it's just all... It never feels lonely. It just feels like the sort of solitude that sometimes you know you need, and when you're there, you really like it. And you know you're going to come back to the world at some point, and that's going to be okay, but just for a couple of minutes, it's just like, I'm on my own. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's great. And Carry that's on. what will be very much appreciated in its semi-final, because it follows Bulgaria and it precedes Moldova. That, in terms of a running order, is a work of art. Whoa, that joke may be gone, but the Sawtooth 8, that is incredible. It's just, it's, it will create this lovely little sort of sonic island. And it's also the repetition that goes for me. The sort of, the idea that the story keeps coming around, the lyrics keep coming around, the da-da's coming around. This is just incredibly well written and incredibly well performed. Um, and it, it will create a moment. I don't think it will be a moment of, oh, I'm going to win the song contest, but it is a, it is a moment of, I'm going to remember this one. It's reassuringly luxurious. It's a hit. Ross? Oh, 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 uh, why am I surprised that this question has just arrived? Like, we've been doing this for years. Yeah, go on, hit. Just about hit. Just about hit. Ooh. Go on, you and... I'm, I'm just, so we I'm don't gonna have just... to ask if, the fin- if Finland are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I might just ask you that anyway now, just to, oh, let's keep the tension going. Germany might get three hits. We don't know. We're still one song to go. Got to drag out the tension in the show. But there again, it is a hit, I think, for me. You know, it is a personal favourite. It's a different personal favourite to the style of Snap, but it is there. And I do enjoy the moment of calm that it gives. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this inch is a hit from me as well. Congratulations there to S10. One to go. Germany can draw equal. Can't win unless we go to a tiebreak, though. So let's see what Malik Harris has in store for us as he tells us about the rock star. I wish that I could just go back and be the way I was. I wish I'd still not give a damn about how I come across. I wish the way I saw myself had never gotten lost. And all the worries, all the thoughts, overthinking, all the parts. So exhausting, always caught up inside my doubts and flaws. And I'ma count them all. Somebody catch me, I'm about to fall. Yeah, I'm about to fall. Can we press pause or do a restart and be who we are? We used to be the rock stars. Never thought of no heart Until this thing we could life stop I wish there was a way to go back dreaming Rock stars there from Malik Harris Germany's entry to the Eurovision Song Contest I mean, to me, Ali, this one feels like one of the most pop-relevant chart songs we have in the Song Contest this year You have a listen, especially in the German charts This is pretty much fits in quite nicely I just can't tell if it's any good or not I, I think it might not be yeah, there's just a little bit... I mean, Malik doesn't have a huge amount of stage presence. I think that's one of the main issues I have. You need to project and have the confidence. And and Malik just seems to be going through the motions, making sure he doesn't forget any of the words. I don't know. We've only really seen the German national final performance. And that was a night with a weird vibe. Um, so... 
I don't know, benefit of the doubt until Turin, but I, I genuinely can't tell whether this song is good or not, and it's because of the chord progression. I just want to count on the performance. I actually think he does have relatively good stage presence. I think during the, the rap section, when the camera is following him around, I think that really works. I get a connection to him, which I certainly didn't in the studio, but on the live on the night of that strange national final. Actually, that was the only one that I felt, oh, yeah, I can, I kind of get it now. I kind of get this connection. Whereas the rest just all kind of fell flat. This was the one that I understood what it was trying to do. And it is so basic and so kind of chart-friendly and so Ed Sheeran-esque and so Michael Schulter. And it, I hate to say it works. I really do. I want to not like this because it is it appeals to the basest part of me, but I do really like it. I like him. And it's it's a song all about pondering for the past and nostalgia. And I, I'm a man in his 30s who wants to be in his 20s forever, and I get it. I absolutely get it. But isn't that the beauty of music, that it can stir these emotions? The trick, of course, in the competitive song is to stir up the sort of emotions where you want to pick up the phone, not the sort of emotions that make Ross want to look through the world in a sepia-tinned set of sunglasses. All I want is it to be the 1990s again. I just want to be back at school. I just want it to be football on the telly. I just want to be pot noodle for dinner. That's all I want. Remember when the plastic on the pot noodle pop was really thick? <laughs> I want grandstand back on the television. I just want to go back, you and... That's all right. George is coming up in the semi-final later. Yay! The 90s are back! Yes, they will be back, Ross, but we are talking about Germany here in Jukebox Jury, and it doesn't quite click for me. <laughs> the the way I ruined it for myself was uh, realising that it was a very easy mashup with Teenage Life, and I'm afraid after that I just have to recuse myself. I can't oh, tell whether no. it's any good anymore. Oh, no. The point where it fell apart for me, and it did fall apart for me, because I really liked the studio version. When I was listening through all the, the releases of them, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's that one there. Uh, not by much, but it was like that one. And then it's the spoken words bit in the song because that could utterly elevate that song into something absolutely stunning. I mean, the camera work has absolutely got to nail that bit so it's got to look away. But it just, he just falls a little bit short. And the, the problem was when I was thinking about what could Italy do in terms of like, can it handle politics? Can it handle a gear change? Um, I ended up watching an old San Remo clip from Pierre Francesco Favino called La Notte, which was a spoken word piece that you could hear the pin drop in the hall. And I'm like, you know, if we could have rock stars like that in the middle, that ability to completely capture the emotion, that, that would be a fabulous number. But as it stands... That's the bit where you need to do the acting and the emotion. And he's got an SM58 microphone right over half of his face. And you just don't get the emotional connection. They can work on this. They can get this better for Turin. They had the time to do it. I, I completely disagree. I think that was the one bit that clicked for me and went, ah, right, this. Because he was looking right down the camera. I mean, the thing that we've talked about it for years of artists not connecting with the camera. Malik did it. And it was very much helped with the 
teary shots of his dad in the audience. Don't get me wrong, it absolutely did. But it's again, it's quite cynical. It it's tugging in the heartstrings. It hits the right beats for the tune, and I think this is going to do kind of middling. I this is going to be the first year I can remember where none of the bottom, uh, none of the big five are going to be in the bottom five, because the rest will all do reasonably well, and then this will just trail on. But it's not coming bottom five. I absolutely love that Eurovision can do this, that it can take a song and there can be diverse opinions. And you know what? Everybody loves different songs and Eurovision just shows it's an absolute love. Ross, I'm really glad you love this. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I do not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Track back there, Spence. I don't love it. I, I like it. I get what it's trying to do and I appreciate it, but... I don't love this song. And for that, I think it has to be a maybe. It is cynical. It's pulling at the heartstrings, but it does that and it works just maybe. I'm the other side okay. of that just. It, it, I can see what it's trying to do. I can see where the promise is. Doesn't land for me, miss. Um, but well, you know, in a ringing endorsement, I still genuinely can't tell whether it's any good or not. So it's a maybe. So there we are. The tension that I was building up before that Germany could reach the tiebreaker round has unfortunately fizzled out like Scotland trying to understand what goal difference means in a World Cup qualifying round. So in terms of the scores, uh, Germany and Ireland are keeping each other company. Taking the bronze medal is Armenia. Silver goes to Finland and the Netherlands takes gold with a full sweep of hit, hit and hit. Okay, format breaking question time as always. Can the Netherlands win the Eurovision Song Contest? No, but they're going to have a jolly good time. No, but they'll come top ten. No, but uh, the accountancy department will be very glad that that's the case. Yeah, normally we have that bit going slightly longer, but nope, it's just three no's going across the board for the song that had three hits on there. So there we are. That is another five songs closer to Turin 2022 from Jukebox Jury and myself and the team here at ESC Insight. As always, we thank you for your ears and your time. It is very much appreciated. Uh, also, the time and the ears of the judges in this week's show as well. Ellie Chalkley. Uh, what do I say? Um, you could say a nice goodbye or some plug or some promotion or, you, you, you know, we'll, we'll do the end credits for a little bit here. Take your pick. We've got 35 more songs if you want. Um, Alora, good night. Yeah, Alora, yeah, we got there. <laughs> we got there in the end. Uh, Ross. One and not day. Yeah, thank you very much for having me again, Ewan, and good night. Okay, and of course, more from Ross at Piff Path Blog, more from Ellie at the Etsy Shop, more from myself, Ewan Spence, at ESCinsight.com. And again, thank you all for listening. Comments, welcome back at the website. We'll catch you on the next show. Um, fight for it. Allora. Guitars! <laughs> This round of Jukebox Dreams hosted by Ewan Spence with Abby Chuckley and Ross Middleton. Follow us for more at www.escinsight.com and the support patreon.com slash escinsight.